What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. This is Lift and Learn, Episode 7. In this episode, I'll be breaking down if you should stretch. The obvious answer there is yes, and I'll tell you how to stretch properly since you're probably doing it wrong. And in the second topic of the day, I'll talk about why you need to do your exercises in a full range of motion. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon. And you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at Lift and Learn Podcast, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into the episode. Guys, guess what I did this week? Well, I uh, actually managed to pre-order a PlayStation 5. I actually can't believe I got one. So I ended up getting one after hearing that Real Canadian Superstore was taking pre-orders. So I had to wake up a bit before 5am on a Saturday. And 15 stressful minutes later, I managed to grab a PS5 pre-order. Now, it's gotten through, but I'm not getting too excited yet because I've already heard those horror stories where stores, they take too many pre-orders and then they end up cutting people off even though they already pre-ordered. Actually, I've already read on some subreddit that they actually canceled a bunch of these pre-orders at this place, Real Canadian Superstore, but mine looks safe for now. Well, they won't charge my card unless they actually ship it, so there's nothing to lose really. So I figured I might as well try to pre-order one. I wasn't even really planning on getting one, but I honestly just figured that I should just try and see what happens, since I'm not really that excited anyway. There's not really a game I'm planning on buying at launch anyways, since the console itself was already expensive enough. So I'll probably just be playing what I always play, which is NHL 21. And probably, I'll probably check out whatever free games are available during launch. But I think the last time I read about the launch games, they're supposed to have games on PlayStation Plus for free or something. I think I remember some of the free games that I might play as God of War maybe for the first time. I'll probably be playing Last of Us and maybe I'll actually finish it this time around. Maybe another shot at Final Fantasy XV, Ratchet and Clank, maybe Uncharted 4... And I'll probably play the Crash Trilogy, which will give me flashbacks from like 20 years ago. I'm like, I can't believe I was playing that on PlayStation 1. And they actually brought it back. I keep telling myself that I'm not excited, but I think I actually am starting to get excited as it gets closer and closer. But I told myself that I won't watch any of the unboxing videos on YouTube until I physically do my own unboxing or until my pre-order gets cancelled. But I guess now that means I need to work on as many episodes of this podcast for the next few weeks so that I can just focus on playing that for at least, like, a whole day straight. Knowing me now, though, I'll probably plan to play the whole day, then I'll only end up playing for one or two hours, because I just don't have it in me anymore. Before, I used to be able to play games just all day, no problem. 8-12 to hours daily playing World of Warcraft or Starcraft but nowadays my head and eyes will actually start hurting. I want to say it's a sign of maturity, but it's probably more so to do with me actually getting older. 
Even though I don't feel older, that's probably a sign. Not being able to play for hours on end though, I think that actually helps me enjoy gaming even more now as opposed to when I was like needlessly playing for so damn long every day when I was younger. Also, over the past few years, I honestly just have grown to crave movement. I need to get up every hour or two from what I'm doing because I just feel so much better. Even just taking 3 to 10 minutes every hour or two, you just don't feel as tight in your body and that's enough of a factor for me. I may be getting old in some aspects, like my head hurting from video games, but as long as I can keep moving and doing some kind of exercise, theoretically I should at least feel physically younger than whatever my age is by time purposes. However, on that movement aspect, it is actually getting harder for me to schedule in daily walks now because it's getting pretty cold out, but I'm managing so far. And on to the workouts now that the gyms are closed. So it's been over a week now since I haven't had any access to any gyms. I had a few workouts at home this week, but I actually did manage to get in a workout at someone else's home gym this week. I reached out to someone on Instagram who was posting some videos of himself lifting on his story in his home gym. We went to the same high school and we've been in some basketball runs together. Even he'll tell you that we're not that close, but fitness just brings the people together, you know what I mean? We ended up having a pretty good workout, just working on the basics, incline and flat barbell bench, pull-ups, and some dumbbell rows to finish it off. Honestly, I wasn't expecting to have a good workout, but I just figured we'd end up doing a few sets of bench and a few sets of pull-ups, but we definitely pushed each other to get a few extra reps that we, yeah, we probably would not have been able to do if we didn't have a spotter. So yeah, I had a great workout, hit some pretty decent numbers, so maybe I can hit a workout at least every week there while the gyms remain closed around me. So that workout was a few days ago, but before I started recording this actually, I just hit a workout with my new workout bands. If you follow me on Instagram, you already know this. So I was working out last week with my resistance bands and they snapped as I was doing curls. Luckily, it didn't hit me or anything like the usual resistance band fail videos where you see people smack themselves in the face or something. I don't really know what happened. They just snapped in my hands and hit the floor real hard. So I ended up getting new resistance bands since I was too strong for those other ones, clearly. They've actually upgraded like the technology on them. So carabiner clips are the clips that you know, the gym uses when you attach, let's say, a rope for triceps on cables. That clip that's on the cables at most gyms are called carabiner clips, similar to the ones that rock climbers use or whatever. Anyways, on these new resistance bands and many others on Amazon or wherever, the resistance bands now actually have those carabiner clips at the end of them, so you can actually use multiple bands at once, since there's only one set of handles now. It's actually pretty cool. It makes them customizable and you can stack a bit of extra weight with them now because you can stack, let's say, like a 20 pound, a 15 pound and a 10 pound resistance band if you want to. Well, that's what I ended up doing. And obviously the weights they say per band are being pretty generous anyways. So, yeah, I just did my first workout with them and they're actually pretty good. I was using my good old rusty dumbbell set and then on some exercises, I was supersetting with the bands just to try to get as much of a pump as I could with my limited amount of resistance at home. 
But honestly, when I was doing my home workouts over the weekend, my body was actually pretty sore from Bulgarian split squats, a new shoulder exercise variation I've been trying, and honestly, I've just been going pretty crazy when it comes to lateral delts since I can actually put more focus on them until the gyms open up for me. Honestly, they said they'd only be closing the gym for 28 days, and that means that gym should be open in the next two weeks, but I doubt they're going to open them since the cases aren't slowing down in my area. And with that being said, let's get into the fitness portion of this week's episode. Question 1. Should I stretch every day? The obvious answer here is yes, but you should also know that there's different kinds of stretching, so I'll talk about static and dynamic stretching. If I look back on what I've been taught to do when I was growing up, it was always static stretching. It's the more common stretching that's being done, and it's especially useful after a workout. I still remember gym class when we were in elementary and high school. What were those stretches like? Stretch your arm by bringing it across your body and using the other arm to pull on it. Or touch your toes for a hamstring stretch. And now go play indoor floor hockey or basketball. Looking back at it now, yeah, our teachers weren't really qualified to give us kids proper stretching techniques since they have no idea what they're doing in the first place when it comes to this department. Now that I think about it, even when I was playing baseball growing up, I actually ended up making it to AAA at one point in my teen years, but even stretching in those days, you would think it would actually be appropriate, but it wasn't. I still remember the warm-up when I would play baseball. We would start at our dugouts where the players sit and run to the center field fence and back, which didn't take long. But then we would get into our pre-game stretches, and most of it included holding certain positions to stretch. The typical lunge stretch or the quad stretch where you lift your foot behind you and hold on to it while balancing on one leg. Obviously, knowing what I know now, that wasn't the best use of the pre-game routine because before doing any kind of exercise or sport or resistance training, you shouldn't really focus too much on this kind of stretching. This kind of stretching where you're holding a muscle in a stretched position and holding it for 10 to 30 seconds is called static stretching, and it's not the best thing to do before any kind of physical activity. Static stretching before a workout could actually increase injury rate, and studies also show that it could actually decrease your performance during a workout. Personally, I like to work out pretty early in the mornings. Five out of seven days of the week, I finish my workout before 6.30 a.m. At least, I did when the gyms were open. So an ideal warm-up in this case would be to do the treadmill for a few minutes to get your heart warmed up by increasing the heart rate a little bit, along with a full body stretch routine. And this full body stretch routine actually includes some static stretches, but mainly dynamic stretches. Because I work out in the morning, I like to stretch my full body regardless of what I'm about to work out, because I've only been awake at that point for an hour or so, if that. So I feel like I benefit from stretching my whole body, even if it's just a little bit, just to wake everything up. My usual routine consists of waking up around 4.15am so that I can be at the gym around 5 or 5.15am. So it's important for me to make sure that all of my muscles are awake, especially if it's a day where I'm training heavy. I make sure my whole body is warmed up. It helps me connect with my body and I don't hold any static stretches for a long period of time. 
that's simply my way of waking up the whole body, since I was just asleep and inactive and not moving for the last 6 to 8 hours while I was asleep. Now, this has actually taken me a few years to learn. I still remember going into my upper body day, doing my dynamic stretches, and warming up only my upper body. Some of those days, I paid for it. There's been a few times where this has happened to me, actually. I'd be doing my first set of bench press with a relatively heavy weight, maybe working in a 3-5 to five rep range that day. And because I didn't warm up my legs at all, I'd actually get a cramp in my hamstring, and it was pretty funny for other people, but not really for me. I'd be benching with my friends and I'd have to go lighter or even skip a set entirely because my hamstring would be so tight. My friends would be laughing at the fact that we'd be doing bench press, a chest exercise, meanwhile I'm getting hamstring tightness. Yeah, I learned my lesson from that and now I do a full body stretch routine beforehand all the time. Now this hamstring cramp happened because of the tiny bit of leg drive that you might or should be doing while you bench press but it goes to show you how important warming up your whole body can be. Because when you're doing some of these big compound movements, your whole body is involved. And you're actually working a lot more muscles than you realize. Overall though, you have to find a dynamic stretch and warm-up routine that is tailored to your own needs. You have to find what works for you. So static stretching, like I said, is the more common one you'll see people doing. You'll often see people stretching their hamstring muscles by just simply lowering their upper body to the ground and trying to touch their toes. Or you'll see people stretching their quadricep muscle, which is the large muscle in the front of your leg, by reaching one leg behind and grabbing it with the other hand. And those can be great to do after a leg workout, along with others, obviously. But let's talk about stretching before a workout, because that should actually be done a bit differently. So I said it already. Dynamic stretching needs to be a major part of your warm-up. This is what most of your focus needs to be on before your workout, and not so much focused on doing static stretches. Some dynamic stretches and movements I like to do before an upper body workout day especially would be something like arm circles, where I like to start with small circles and then gradually make those circles bigger until I'm taking my arm and joint through as full of a range of motion as possible with circles as big as I can make. For lower body, there's a few ones I like to do that are staples for me, like leg swings when I'm doing squats, because for me it helps get some blood flow in my adductors and my abductors, or even something a bit more advanced, like a lunge with a hip rotation, and that one is almost always done on days where I do deadlifts, just to open up the hips a little bit and activate some lower back or some core muscles. Now, this can benefit you multiple ways as long as you're stretching properly. I won't list absolutely every single benefit that dynamic stretching can do for you, but the main ones include reducing the risk of injury, relieving muscle stiffness or tightness, or any tension you might have in a certain area. It can also improve posture, depending on the stretching you do, range of motion, and even circulation, which could be beneficial to growing your muscles, if that's a goal of yours, by getting more blood into your joints and muscles. So stretching is pretty important, and you have to do it properly. So before a workout, have mostly dynamic movements, arm circles, lunges before heavy squats, etc. And post-workout, you can focus more on static movements. A dynamic stretch routine before your training should last between 3 to 10 minutes and should be done at moderate intensity.
The point of this is to not only move your joints through a full range of motion and increase core temperature, it's also there to mentally prepare yourself for the workout. While I'm in the gym stretching, I think about the upcoming workout, getting in tune with my music, and making sure that I have connection with my body. It's a time to visualize what you're about to do. Whether that's a day that you're going for some new volume PR, or a day where you're deloading a little bit, or just a regular day at the gym. I can't imagine a time where I would just walk into a gym, straight to the bench press and start benching right away, or go straight to the squat rack and start piling on the plates. It doesn't really make sense. So before workouts, dynamic stretch. After workouts though, that's post-workout, that's where static stretches are great. Usually before workouts, my full body stretch routine is something like 80% dynamic movements, 20% static movements. And those static stretches I do aren't held for a long time and they're not intense by any means. Post-workout though, so after the workout, I usually do 80% static stretches and 20% dynamic. So it's usually about the opposite generally when it comes to my focus when I'm stretching after my workout. Any other time though, say if I just decide to do a stretching routine throughout my day, when I've been on the computer working for one or two hours straight, that's when a combination of both static and dynamic stretches can be great to do. In this case, it's usually a 50-50 split between static and dynamic stretches, which could be seen as mobility exercises. Be sure to not overstretch. When you stretch, you have to try to get to a point where you're stretching a specific muscle and you're able to feel a slight tension. Anything more than that and you could be risking some injury. Overstretching could actually be worse than not stretching at all in some cases. You don't want to feel pain because that's obviously going to be a bad sign. And you've heard it before, don't bounce. Hold static stretches for 10 to 30 seconds. I like to do 20 seconds at the very least. And be sure to take deep and slow breaths. If you hold your breath while stretching, you actually may not be able to stretch properly because you're actually tensing your body and not relaxing like you should be. Stretching is something you should be implementing every day. Yes, you can overstretch, but the amount of people listening to this probably aren't going to be in fear of overstretching. It's probably a lack of. You're not supposed to stretch to a point where it's painful, so just find the point where you feel tension and hold it from there. If you do feel pain, that's a bad sign. Stretching regularly can help reduce blood pressure and lower heart rate, reduce pain levels, decrease muscle soreness a little bit, and decrease stiffness throughout your body. Stretching is just a good idea to do even if you don't like to work out or resistance train, since you may notice you have a more positive mood and maybe even more energy. Stretching can also be a good way to relieve any stress you may have or pains you may have throughout your body. Of course you can go on YouTube and search dynamic stretches if you want to see more, but if you want to see some stretches for me, then check out my Instagram where I'll be posting mobility stretches, which could be used in your dynamic stretch portion of your routine. And I'll be posting those every Monday so you can try some of those for yourself at home if you'd like. Question 2. Why do full range of motion? First off, research has shown over and over again that you build more muscle and gain more strength when you do a full and proper range of motion in your exercises. 
For some reason, my friends will always ask me for my opinion every time LeBron posts himself quarter squatting on his story or his IG posts. Here's the thing. Everyone should use as full of a range of motion that they're able to, to build the most muscle. But here's the thing when we're talking about athletes working out. They're squatting or doing exercises a certain way, or at least they should be, because they're training specific to their sport. If you look at the defensive stance in basketball, LeBron doesn't need to get into a full ass-to-grass squat to be an ideal guarding position, or when they go up for a rebound, let's say, that's another aspect you have to think about too. The position he has to be in to explode when he dunks it. He doesn't necessarily need to practice exploding box squats from the bottom of a squat position. Regardless though, we never see an athlete's full workout routine. But I think it would be beneficial for the average person to be strong in every single position throughout the whole squat motion. Anyways, getting back on track, research has shown that there's more muscle recruitment and more muscle building when doing an exercise through a full range of motion. Now many people will argue that they can do more weight if they half squat, so that should lead to more muscle building, right? Unfortunately for them, that's actually not true since research has shown that lightening the weight and doing a full range of motion actually leads to building and stimulating more muscle fiber. If you're a beginner, you should definitely be using a full range of motion. If you frequently see the bodybuilders on YouTube or Instagram, they might be doing partial reps to grow whatever muscle they're working. But keep in mind that they are professionals or have been working out and shaping their body for more than 10 plus years in most cases. They have the experience already. So they have a superior mind-to-muscle connection than most people, so they can get away with doing partial reps. 99% of people out there, though, should be working through a full range of motion. Now, I don't mean locking out your joints every single rep, but stop just short of when your joints do lock out, Especially if you're doing something like a squat, where you have weight on your spine, or a common problem I see is locking out or overextending at the knee during a leg press. And by now, I've seen too many of those gym fail videos, where people hyperextend their knee during leg presses, so please stop short of lockout on that exercise. Getting back to the squat, it's not a good idea to completely lock out your knees at the top of the squat, and you're not going to want a half squat when you're going down either. You need to be going to at least parallel, which may already be difficult for some people, so work on perfecting your form and range of motion first before you start just loading on plates onto the barbell just so you can hit your three or four plate half squat. Doing full range of motion on exercises is a must because it will help you progress. If you're doing partial reps and you're chasing strength progression, trying to get stronger week by week. When you're doing partial reps, maybe you're doing 220 pounds partial rep squats and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, next week I'll finally be at 225 pounds, aka two plates. Now the 220 pound partial squats were pretty iffy. You stopped at maybe parallel, but managed to complete the rep and set total for the day. Now on your log, following progressive overload or some kind of linear periodization, you're going to try to do 225 pound squats next time. So the last set comes around and you need to do your 8 reps or whatever. If you're doing partial reps and it starts to get difficult, what do you think is going to happen? 
I guarantee you're going to stop the range of motion even higher or more than before. It was iffy last week when you were coming down, maybe not to parallel. This week, you're adding more weight. Yeah, you're definitely not going to be getting to parallel. But now you're telling yourself that you nailed it, and next week it's time to add even more weight. Well, eventually, that's going to catch up to you. Every week, there's a chance you could be shortening the rep even further as the weight goes up. And that's a scary situation to be in and could further increase your risk of injury. So full range of motion should be used so that it could be a standard for you to actually measure progress. If you're doing full range of motion every time, then that ensures that you're activating your muscles more fully and there's less risk of possible injury. Now I'm not saying that there's no benefits to partial reps because there are. And there may be benefits to doing partial reps if you're experienced. But that's more of an advanced technique that maybe you should start playing with maybe when you're three years into it and you've been doing full range of motion consistently. Partial reps can be good for some of your training if you're an advanced lifter because it could help keep that constant tension on your muscles. When you're doing partial reps on bench press, for example, you're bringing the bar all the way down to your chest, but on the way up you're stopping when there's still tension on the way up. Because if your elbows are locked at the top, there's not really any tension on your muscle unless you're actively flexing it. So maybe you're going up a few inches only, or you'll see those people who bench press where they'll put a block on their chest. Then when you're benching, you bring the bar only down to this block and then back up. Now that's an advanced technique that purposely shortens your range of motion so that you can work on maybe a part where you're getting stuck in that movement. But like I said, shortening your reps are an advanced technique. And if you've been training for less than three years, then just stick to the basics. Full range of motion in your exercises is especially important in today's society. I've said it before, but these days we're moving less and we're sitting more than ever. And we need that full range of motion in order for us to have our body moving properly and with proper posture. Full range of motion will build more muscle, which will in turn lead to more fat burning, which is something that we all eventually strive towards. And full range of motion is almost always going to be superior to partial reps when it comes to muscle growth and strength. Just take it from the man himself, Tom Platts. You can Google this guy if you want. Tom Platts, that's with a Z. This dude had monstrous legs. Maybe the best of all time on the Olympia stage if you're familiar with bodybuilding. So I've been recently reading Arnold Schwarzenegger's Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding, and he mentioned something that he and Tom Platts always believed in. And here's a quote from Arnold's book and a training philosophy that they both believed in. That the longer the range of movement and the fuller the extension and contraction of muscle, the more it will develop. And if you're not going to take everything I said and apply it to your own training, then just listen to those two legends who went on to build great physiques. And with all that being said, that concludes episode 7 of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. 
If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast. Again, thanks for listening. And be sure to tune in next week with another episode where I'll be talking about why and how muscle building increases your metabolism. And I'll give you some strategies on how to deal with stress in today's world.